Hello there, friend. Welcome back to the Cash Confidence Stylist Podcast. So before we get into this episode, I got a question for you. How often do you ask yourself, where the hell is my money going? Okay, look, a lot of us, that runs in a constant loop in our mind. And it's time to take your first step towards financial empowerment. So I wanted to give you a free resource that is going to help you do just that. I wanna give you Assess Your Situation, which is the first module in my course, as well as your guide to figuring out where the fuck your money is actually going. Sorry if you have kids in the car. So this is gonna be a free guide that I've created to help you break the loops, providing you with tools to assess your current financial situation. You don't even have to break out the calculator and to help you gain awareness about what you actually need to start making those money moves where it truly matters. So go ahead and scroll all the way down to the bottom of the show notes and snag it. The link is down there um, and enjoy this episode. Let me know how assessing your situation goes. Thanks friends. You're listening to Backroom Beauty Talks, a real, raw, and unedited podcast for hairstylists. Here, we dive deep into topics that go far beyond the chair. I'm your host, Misty Jane, and I'm a money coach for stylists who want more out of their lives. I help you enhance your mindset around money, get out of debt, and create a life of peace. I'm on a mission to normalize the wealthy stylist while creating a safe space to be perfectly imperfect. Want to join me? You're in the right place. Oh boy, this is the last episode of Backroom Beauty Talks as you know it now. The next episode is going to be new, improved, um, and again, I'm just as excited about it. Trust me, the conversations are going to stay the same. And once again, I have an amazing guest. Her name is Kanisha Coleman. She is the beauty CPA on Instagram. No, no, no. Don't turn the radio off. I know the last thing you want to do is drive around or walk or whatever and listen to um, uh, CPA talk. But trust me, Kanisha is not your typical CPA. And that is why I absolutely fell in love with her when I I saw her speak at the IBP event in Dallas. She, if you like how I talk about money, you are going to absolutely love how she talks about taxes. So do not go anywhere. Please, please, please enjoy. Um, once again, if you love this episode, feel free to share it with a friend, post it on the gram, tag me, tag Kanisha at the Beauty CPA, um, and honestly, just check her out in general. You can find all of her info um, in the show notes. If you are looking for somebody that is easy to talk to, that is going to explain things in a way that you um, can easily understand, if you are not a numbers person, um, Kanisha's your girl, okay? Trust me. So enjoy. Kanisha, my educator, spirit animal, or spirit human. <laughs> um, welcome to Backroom Beauty Talks. So a little preface for listeners. Um, I met Kanisha, the beauty CPA at the IBP event um, in Dallas, and she is a CPA. So she talks about what you know, what did we say? Like the boring topics, right? The boring stuff, the unsexy stuff. Yes. Which I also, as a money coach, feel like I have a boring topic, but both of our topics are extremely important. I think people think they're boring because they're used to the typical way people talk about it. And when I saw her speak, first of all, she was funny, she was entertaining. And I really think 
I mean, I love everyone that spoke, but I think we both done a good job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, um, but uh, I wanted to have you on immediately because you and I, I feel like are like, like exactly the same when it comes to how we talk about the unsexy topics. So with that being said, tell the listeners who you are and what you do. Absolutely. So thank you so much, Misty, for having me. I'm really excited for this. Um, I am Kanisha Coleman, the beauty CPA. Um, that is my handle on Instagram. I have about 13 years of being in this tax and accounting industry. Um, literally happened by accident. I didn't like dream of this as a five-year-old at all. <laughs> um, <laughs> I went to college and had no clue what I wanted to do. And then my counselor was like, oh, you like numbers. So be a CPA. And I said, okay. So I did that. <laughs> But it did get really exciting because when I graduated, I started my career with IRS. And that's really, really like where I fell in love with tax. Because working for the IRS, they really kind of just throw you in there, right? So I'm like 22, sitting across from like really old CFOs and CEOs in their 50s running multi-million dollar businesses. And, you know, I, you know, I've I was kind of geeking myself up thinking I was somebody important. So um, I really did fall in love with tax and business there. Um, it was also there where I saw so much like just inequality in business too. Mm-hmm. I thought it was like so shitty that as Americans, we're required to follow tax law. We got We all got to pay our taxes, right? And we got to follow this law. But then they write this law in a way that nobody understands it. Oh, at all. And you just hear IRS and you're terrified. Yes. Yes. Nobody. So follow this law. You're legally required. But I'm going to write it in a way that you can't even understand it. Right. So that's not. And we're not going to teach it in schools. So let's just add that. And we're not going to teach it in schools. And we're not going to give you any type of resource to understand it and to use it to save money on taxes, okay? I'm going to be the first one to say, and you can put me over here, IRS does not care if you're overpaying taxes. They're not going to be like, oh my God, you gave me too much. Here's your, <laughs> here's mm-hmm. your back. They're not going to do that, okay? It's up to us to do that. And nobody was doing it for um, small business beauty entrepreneurs, mm-hmm. right? So I left the IRS one, so I didn't have to be on the confrontational side. I wanted to be the helper versus the one that people feared coming, right? Um, After I left the service, I did do some time with bigger public accounting firms to learn the lay of the land in corporate America, which they really know how to do it because they have all the resources. They have millions of dollars to do it, right? Um, but I got tired of that game and I love started my own firm. I'll be honest, but like that first year, I took anybody to have a dollar because mm-hmm. I had to get up and going. Okay. We've so all been there. <laughs> I took anybody. <laughs> but then I wanted to become like really laser focused and really, really serve. I wanted to really serve. And I said, okay, well, you know, what am I like interested in like on my own time? Right. And I'm going to tell y'all, when I look at the bank statement, I spend most of my money on beauty. (laughs) It's hair, it's nails, it's skin, it's all the sorts, all the things, makeup, all that. So I said, you know what, I am going, I am dedicating myself, I'm going to serve the beauty industry. I'm going to learn the ins and outs. I'm going to make relationships with people. I'm going to forever be a student 
so I can learn what I can and then use the tax code to be able to save this industry as much money as we legally, legally can. Mm-hmm. Keyword. Yeah. Yes. So that's how, you know, my accounting firm is Coleman Tax. That's how Coleman Tax was all started. We exclusively serve beauty entrepreneurs. I got a few legacy clients that stuck with me um, even after I made the switch. But 99% of our clients are beauty entrepreneurs ranging from estheticians, hairstylists. I even have some e-commerce brands who just sell their cosmetics online. Um so yeah, that's that. That's who I am. That's what we do. And again, I am just dedicated to this industry because I just love what y'all do for the world. You know, making us all beautiful and feeling good inside and out. Yeah, I lo- I love that. I mean, I people ask me all the time if I'll branch out into outside of the beauty industry, and I'm like, I don't know. I don't know if I want to. You know, I really enjoy helping the beauty industry in any way that I can. Cause one, I mean, as a hairstylist, it has done so much for me, but two, I think that we're like, we're, there's this, there's this idea that we are just like immature, you know, people that just want to play with hair or play with nails. And, and, and I hate that. I hate that so much because there's so many smart men, women, like there's so many smart that will turn being a hairstylist, being a nail tech into an amazing business. Um, and not just in a salon, like, I mean, there's educators coming out now, all of the things. Um, and I don't know, I just, I I love it. So I love that you focus on that. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I always remind beautypreneurs, those who are my clients, as well as just any beautypreneur that I meet, like don't let anybody boil the industry down to like vanity. It is so much more than vanity, right? Because for example, all of those CEOs and CFOs I used to sit across the table from as an IRS agent, they all was freshly manicured and freshly cut, beard, head, and all. Okay. Mm -hmm. No way they're going into any meeting to make any deal without being nicely presented. And the person that helped them get there to look like number one, look like that. Number two, it has a reinforcing feeling in the inside too, and how you act in the world when you know you look good, right? Oh, a confidence boost immediately. Immediately. It is all the result of a beauty entrepreneur somewhere. Yep. Amen. So I will say to any beautypreneur, listen, don't ever let anyone boil what you do down to just vanity. It's it's so much deeper than that. No one's going to make a deal looking like Bugawood. Nobody. Right. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I could be in sweatpants and no makeup, but if my hair looks good, mm-hmm. I feel great. Like <laughs> it all starts with hair for me. Yeah. Same. I could have on Chanel from head to toe. If my head looking crazy, I ain't going nowhere. Exactly. And I don't care about makeup anymore. I obviously don't care about my nails, but my hair has to look good. <laughs> no, absolutely. Okay. So you're working with beauty professionals and I know that you've heard this a million times. I have heard it a million times. I'm not good with numbers. You know, the line, right? Yeah. What, what do you do? How do you make somebody that is coming to you that I, cause as again, as a money coach, I have had talks where I literally have to help my clients just know what to ask their CPA. They're terrified to even ask the wrong question or feel, feel stupid. Essentially. I know that that was one of my limiting beliefs for a long time 
was that, well, I'm just a hairstylist and I, I'm not that smart. So when you hear CPA, even like bookkeeper, anything that has to do with like the backside of money and business, it's scary. And we don't want to feel like we don't know anything, but we don't know anything. Yeah. We just don't. I mean, so what, how do you um, kind of approach like a new client essentially? Like, how do you kind of make them feel good? <laughs> no, absolutely. So I totally get where the I'm not a numbers person's come from. Number one, CPAs and accountants, we haven't had a, we haven't done a good job at presenting those numbers to you or even explaining what to do with those numbers. So I don't blame y'all, but I want to challenge you on that. And I want you to not just fall in love with the numbers. I want you to fall in love with what the information that the numbers represent or what it can do for your personal life as well as your business, right? So for example, with my clients, I don't just send them financials once a month, like bore snooze fest, who cares, right? My financial report, if I ever showed it to you, it has beautiful pictures and graphs to show you, okay, this is the way your income has fluctuated over time. When my clients see that and they see that little picture, <clears throat> that bar low, they're like, oh no, what happened? And then they're reflecting like, oh yeah, when I was looking at my Vagara, I didn't see that I had a ton of bookings compared to what I had planned or thought, you know, mm -hmm. I need to really get on social media and promote more or re-engage some older clients, you know, because they want to see that bar going higher. Or on the flip side, when they see a very high bar representing the income, they're like, oh, I killed it. Mm -hmm. Great. Everything I did, it totally worked. So I'm going to continue to lean into that because clearly it's working for me, right? So it's not about the number. It's about what does that number represent? Can you hire that new person? Can you expand your space? Can you get the, the, the nicer salon on the corner, you know, where it's great foot traffic and great parking and everyone loves to come to because there's a Starbucks next door. Right. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Can you um, take that vacation? You know, mm -hmm. do you have to work as much? Can you go down to four days a week and still be okay? Yeah. It's what it represent? It's not about the number. So right. think, of it, think of it that way. And then, you know, you can come see me and I'll give you better pictures and graphs to look at versus just spreadsheets. Like that's weird. Graphs are my love language, by the way. Yes. Like any visuals, I'm like, yay, yeah. thank you. Yes. <laughs> I show my clients visuals first. No like spreadsheet numbers. No. You have to. I mean, we're visual people. I mean, especially, especially hairstylists. Like, I mean, I don't learn well at all. Like if you ask me like scientific shit about color, I'm like, I don't know, but I do know because somebody one time made this like, like kindergarten, like project about how like red molecules are larger. You know, I remember that because yeah. I got to hold it in my hand and I got to feel it and I got to touch it. But, but yeah, you show me a bunch of numbers. You just talk at me. I'm like, I don't know what you're doing or saying. Give me, give me a, a project. <laughs> no, I know. I, I completely agree. I'm the same way. Like I don't consider myself a creative. I'm like super boring. You know what I mean? And I'm going to get you to stop saying that. <laughs> I, I like numbers, but I will prefer a picture first any day, any yeah. day to just 
let me get the points. And then if I want to see the detail behind it, I'll look at numbers. It's the same way I approach my clients so that we can have a real conversation over what happened in the business, what do you want to happen versus let's look at these numbers on a financial spreadsheet. Right. What do you find is um, is their biggest fear when they come to you? Because there's a lot of fear around taxes. Um, you know, again, even just saying IRS, I kind of like, Ooh. <laughs> 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 that's so funny you said it actually, you're actually spot on when they come to me um if it's pertaining to taxes they're like completely afraid of the irs like somehow along the way they wasn't quite sure what their responsibilities were and they may have dropped the ball okay and so they're afraid of the resolution with the irs okay let me just say this to everybody listening the IRS is not coming for you, okay? They will not show up on your doorstep. They're not taking you to jail. They're not even going to call you. The most they're going to do is just bombard you with, like, letters, okay? Um, but they are not coming for you now. The stuff y'all see on TV, Wesley Snipes and the rest of them, it's because they did, like, some real major criminal-level type stuff, okay? Right. But I the know SWAT that, team is not surrounding your yeah, house because no. you forgot to pay your taxes last yeah. year. <laughs> yeah, no SWAT, no SWAT, okay? When it comes to resolving IRS issues, though, believe it or not, the, IR, the IRS is made up of people, y'all, so they are willing to work with you wherever you are, right? So y'all not going to believe me, but the IRS has to be the friendliest um, creditor in our country. The interest rates on tax debt is ridiculously low, mm. okay? Um, if you call them and let them know the situation and get on some type of plan, they will accept it, right? The problem that people have is that they ignore the IRS. Uh -huh. they, ignore, they don't open the letter. They don't respond by the due date. You know, then that's when it's like, okay, you come to a situation that, um, you know, you may obviously have a huge cash outlay to fix, but if you don't ignore them, you call them and you work something out, they'll work with you and get on a plan to resolve the issue. Mm -hmm. This is like the money stress cycle I talk about all the time is like, we're stressed out about money or in this case, the IRS, we ignore it because it's stressing us out. So we just continue to stress over it because we ignore it. Where a lot of times you just have to ask the question, make the phone call, answer the email, whatever. Yeah, you know how our mind, I, I don't know what the scientific psychologist term is, but you know, how <laughs> our minds will think of something and it'll think the most extreme, ridiculous case about that thing. And then you finally look into it and it was like something you literally could have fixed within a 30 minute phone call. A hundred percent. This happens with my clients all the time. I mean, I, I cannot tell you how many times their homework for me is to call your CPA and ask X, Y, and Z and, and they will finally do it. And they will, I had one client in particular who had, um, something where the last year's taxes were not paid. And there was a very, you know, large debt, or at least in their minds, it was this large debt. And all they needed to do was call their CPA figure out what they could do. Um, and I had to coach her on just making the phone call, you know, and, and once she did it on the next call, she's like, I feel so much better. Now I have a plan. And I think that's the thing. People don't realize that that plan is the thing that's going to take that stress away, at least a good portion of the stress away. Yes. 
Yes, absolutely. The stress is in the ambiguity of it all. Mm-hmm. But once you get to the specifics, and again, the plan, making the phone call, talking to the right people, and you know where you're going, you'll see it, it really wasn't nothing um, to, to stress all that much about. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's what I love about like, especially watching you speak and like hearing you teach is like, you're very easy to talk to one, you explain things in like such an easy way for us to understand. I always like, I I remember calling my CPA the first year I was out on my own. And, and I said, listen, dumb it down for me. Like, I have no idea what you're saying (laughs) and I need you to say it smaller. Like, (laughs) um, And I was okay with saying that. And she understood what I meant and she explained it different. And, and I still kind of had to go online and like do my own yeah. little, what does this mean? Yeah. Um, but it's okay to say that, right? Like, it's okay to say oh. like, I, I don't fully understand you. Please explain it. Cause I think it's important to at least, at least ba- baseline understand what is happening with your money. Yeah, no. And I, I absolutely agree with that. If you guys are working with somebody and y'all meet on a regular basis and it's just going like they're talking a different language, mm-hmm. I would say I would not leave that meeting until you're like, but why? Or please explain that again. Because mm-hmm. I agree with you. I have colleagues that I love my fellow CK colleagues, but like they're so inundated in the industry that um, it, it, they find it sometimes difficult to explain these things in layman's terms Mm -hmm. but we're dealing with um small business owners and it's kind of like um the things that we're required to do to abide by the tax law and to successfully run our businesses just financial literacy in general it should be it should be simple why are we using these big words it's so that's so dumb to me yeah It, it, it takes more effort to find the big word then to use a smaller one, you know, means the same thing. It takes right. more effort <laughs> to me. So I don't talk like that anyway, just in life, right? Yeah. So you can tell, tell permission from me. You can tell your CPA that they don't have to prove that they're smart to you. So just, mm. just talk normal. They're not at the bar talking like that. I love that. I love that. And um, if you are don't align with your CPA, you're allowed to get another one. You are allowed to get another one. <laughs> I'm your girl. Cause I think that's, that's also a fear, right? Like when you start working with somebody, um, you kind of feel like you're just stuck with them. Like, well, they have my information and I, and nobody yeah. like, that's it. It is what it is, but it's, that's not true. Yeah. I mean, you can, you can shop around, yeah. um, as you with anything. Can. You definitely, yeah, I totally get that because like some people, it's kind of like a relationship, right? Mm-hmm. Like you're in a relationship with this guy or this girl and you're like, you know what? I'm not happy but I know your shit. So I'm going to just stick with you because I know your shit. Well, I've already put in years or whatever. Put in this much time, whatever. Yeah. Um, but let me tell you, the more time you let pass in a bad situation, think of that time as like costing you money. It is. Yes. Yeah. A hundred percent. Money you're paying them for not adequately helping you. And also money that you likely may could have saved more of with the other person because you understood what they were telling you and can use it for your business. Yeah. Let's get into the money aspect a little bit. What do you, what do you think the, um, the biggest, um, mistake beauty professionals are making when it comes to their taxes? Okay. 
their taxes. This one actually isn't, the foundation isn't even related to tax. You know what I'm going to say? It's bookkeeping. I can go on and on about bookkeeping. Okay. Explain the difference real quick, because I know some people that kind of think that they're the same. Yes. Okay. Taxes are, you do that once a year, you go to a professional or you're brave enough to charge yourself and you prepare and file a tax return that you send to the IRS in your state taxing authority. And then you don't do it again for another year. Okay. Mm -hmm. Bookkeeping though, is every single month on a monthly basis, you are, well, no, no. On a daily basis, you have a bookkeeping system that is tracking all money in, all money out. And then on a monthly basis, you produce financial statements to see what those numbers mean. Okay. Mm -hmm. So bookkeeping has to come before tax return time, because the only way I can prepare a good tax return for you, or even identify ways to save you money on taxes, the core and the foundation of all of that is the bookkeeping. How good is the financial data that you just provided to me? The mistake entrepreneurs are making are that they are not doing any type of bookkeeping. They are saying, I have a girl, I have Blocks Genius, and they track my revenue, and they're going to give me a 1099K, and that's it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, 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 no. Scheduling apps are not your bookkeeping system. Mm-hmm. They can run reports to give you certain, you know, figures such as how much money you made, how many people you booked and all of that, but it is not a bookkeeping system. Number one, it does not keep track of all the money you're spending Mm -hmm. at all. I mean, and I don't know anyone who puts in like their color tubes into the inventory. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. uh, yes, yes. (laughs) And, And it cannot produce a financial statements for you, which there are three. There cannot do not even one of them for you. Okay. So you got to still have a bookkeeping system in addition to your scheduling app. You have to track all money in, all money out. If for no other reason, you got to do it for tax. How else are you being taxed appropriately? Right. But secondly, um, and I feel like um, above and beyond being compliant with the IRS, you got to know how your business is performing. How do, you, how do you know if you're losing money or getting money or paying yourself enough or, you know, can you make certain decisions that was going to require cash? Do you have the cash? Do you have too much debt? Are you priced appropriately? What is your pricing base? How did you determine your pricing? Mm, well, the salon down the street, obviously. Down the street because y'all have the same cost because y'all want the same profit. Who? How do you know she's not operating at a loss? Yeah, exactly. So, you know, all these things, you can't even begin to have the conversation if you don't even know all money in, all money out. And I would like to add that I see stylists like, oh my gosh, I have to do my taxes. I have, it's going to take me forever, blah, blah. When it is tax time, I press like two buttons and I'm done. (laughs) Like I do bookkeeping. I have every single one of my receipts. right here I'm showing her by the way if you're listening broken down into months like nobody's ever came to ask me to see them but they're there like like because it doesn't take that long to be organized I mean it might take a long at the beginning right like you sign up for QuickBooks that you might have to like you know move things around put things where it needs to be um but once it's done Mm -hmm. it's easy 
Yes, it is. Please say that again for the people in the back. It is easy. And I will say, even if you don't want to set it up, there are people out there that will set it up for you. And all you have to do is go in and like approve it real quick, like once a month or once a quarter even. Yes, absolutely. So like, I think this comes with self-awareness, right? What are you willing to do? If you go and you check out, say, a QuickBooks and you know, like, you know what? I'm not feeling it. It's not in my wheelhouse. You got to be honest about that and say it to yourself. Don't lie to yourself and say, I'm going to do it next week and then the next week and then it never happens. Mm-hmm. You got to be honest. Are you doing this or are you not? And then if you're not, you got to go find somebody that will do it for you. Okay. At this point, if you decided to be a, a, a CEO of your business, right? Bookkeeping is not an option at this point. Mm-hmm. It's just yeah. not. A bookkeeping without accounting, to me, my opinion, you're you're playing, you're hop, you're hobbying, you're not about that CEO life here, okay? Right. <laughs> <laughs> you got a side hustle. <laughs> yeah. Yes. You're just hustling, and that's it's cute to say, mm-hmm. but if you're for real, you got to track this money in, this money out. You have yep. to. And side hustles pay you like a side hustle. Yes. Yeah. You know, if you want to be a business owner, I, this, I'm so big on this, like people that, oh, well, I'll just take Venmo. I don't want to give the money to the IRS, whatever. And I'm like, but, but then you're just, again, you're just playing around. Like, do you want to be a business owner or not? Do you want to buy a house one day? Do you want a nice car one day? Because you need to show that you make some money. Yes. You have to show that you make some money. And let me, let me say this about that. The IRS I know it's an old organization, and probably when you think of an agent, you think of somebody old and slow. But let me tell you, the IRS is not stupid, mm-hmm. okay? They are not stupid. When I was an agent, and folks would try to conceal cash to not report it, there are ways we can restructure what we know you made and tax you on it. It is law that exists that allows the IRS to just reconfigure it themselves like for example if misty isn't reporting any money that she's making right or she's reporting very little i'm gonna come i'm gonna audit misty and i'm gonna see that misty lives in a three thousand square foot four bedroom four barrel house and she also is driving a tesla and she also how is misty doing all of this none of this is true by the way (laughs) just to be clear like certain things the IRS can do to just say okay well hey this house is worth this much and this car is worth this much so in order to maintain this lifestyle she had to at least make this much and they will tax you on that yeah and you know the on the energetic side of it too it's like you know we always think about like scarcity mindset you know when you're scared that somebody's going to constantly the government's constantly going to come and get your money you know you're living in that place of like of, of not like abundance, right? Like I, I personally, like when I was making the most, and again, I'm very big on doing things like the right way for me, it just feels better. It's like one less stress that I have to deal with. Um, I mean, the government didn't take that much of it because I had a CPA that, you know, made sure I was doing things correctly. (laughs) Yep. Yep. Good point. So Instead of trying to evade tax, just get a CPA that could tax plan so that you're not paying too much in tax. Yes. There's there's a ways around 
all of this and hiding it is not the way. No, it's not. And it's stressful. Yeah. And you don't know how much you're bringing in. Yeah. Yeah. You don't know how much you're bringing in. You're kind of always looking over your shoulder. Like, is that an IRS envelope? (laughs) Exactly. Well, that's probably the avoidance. That's where the avoidance comes in. Um, What do you think that beauty professionals are forgetting to write off? Okay. Here's my top two. I have a top two. Number one, someone or some CPAs, very conservative ones, I think, I tell them they can't take home office. You can't take home office. You definitely yeah. can't. And because you have home office, you also can take your commuting miles. Okay. Mm. I know some beauty producers have been told, like, when they get in the car and they're driving to their, you know, workspace, that that's commuting and they can't take it. Yeah, you can. Yeah. Because you have a home office. And you should have a home office. Because no one is doing the CEO type stuff behind their chair. Right. Exactly. So. Those are my top two by far. When I tell you, I I remember meeting a new beautypreneur, I think 2020, and I did a return for the first time. Her commute was so, I think she lived like in a suburb of LA mm-hmm. and her workspace was in the city and the commute was so long, like an hour and a half both ways. Her auto was like five figures of a deduction. Oh, wow. Yes. And then it's high, LA is high living. LA right. and the surrounding area is high living. So she was paying a lot for her personal home. Well, because we can carve out home office, we get to take a portion of that on the tax return. Those two strategies alone got her a refund of like $11,000. That's awesome. Just now, those can, two. can you write off gas? Yes. Can you write off gas and mileage or one or the other? There are two different uh, methods when it comes to your vehicle, right? So you can do actual, right? And then you can do uh, mileage, okay? Mm, yeah. The way I do it, right, is like, first I ask, like, what kind of car do you have? <laughs> if you got you something like banging, new, pricey, luxury, I'm always going for actual, mm. Okay. Because that car is so high value, it was certain tax opportunities um, this year. And I think like between 2017 and 2020, it was a certain strategy where you can write off a lot of that vehicle right away. Mm -hmm. Okay. So if they had a very like luxury car, I would do it then at that point. But if they got like, like I got a, I got a, I have a Nissan. Okay. (laughs) I have a Nissan. So I'm probably going to do mileage. Okay. okay. Right. So because I don't know, it's not that high value. And then I drive a lot because I'm going around with client visits and all that. So then I did mileage. So it, it all depends on, on several factors, but the value of the car should be like one of the first you look at. So you can take advantage of the current tax strategy that's in place right now. Mm, good to know. And when it comes to mileage, you can write off driving to a class, correct? Yes. yes. Anything related to your business. So going to the hair store? Yes. Mm -hmm. Supplies, um, extensions, checking out a new location, going to a class, um, putting on a class. If you're driving to like another venue that you've rented out, if it is remotely related to that business, you take it. Now, this is another thing with beautypreneurs. 
y'all are so shy with taking deductions not me i'm like (laughs) some people are some people are like super shy super nervous about it Um, and i totally respect that but we cannot be so nervous and shy about it that we're willing to pay for that nervousness right because at that point you're overpaying in tax if you can take it and you're just not doing it right well, so, I personally would rather spend my money on education than than pay it in taxes. So for me, I do a lot of education write-offs and expensive. Ed- I like to travel places um, and I just enjoy that. And it doesn't come out of my personal finance at all. I keep everything separate um, yeah. and it helps me at the end of the year. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Just remember, I had, I had a entrepreneur client that took a ton of classes and she didn't even write it off. She just felt like, well, this is what I'm doing just to get better at my job. But I'm like, you're learning something new, though, you're, right? Because of your profession. So write it off. Yeah. She's like, Are you sure? Is it a red flag? Blah blah. I'm telling y'all, the IRS does have certain issues where they're like, you know, let me look deeper. They they do have that. Nothing that the beautypreneur is doing on a normal basis within their business is one of them. Okay. And, and there's never one single issue. It's always like, okay, here's a hot issue, but what does it look like in the context of the entire tax return? Okay. So the IRS has very, very limited resources. Whenever they audit somebody, they're looking to get the most bang for their buck. Mm -hmm. Okay. So keep that in mind when your expense is like $5,000, that is not a lot of money to the IRS. Right. Not. Yeah. We're, we're small, you know? Yeah. Um, oh my goodness. Let's see. Cause I feel like I could ask you a million questions. So I'm trying to kind of keep it like, you know, podcast fun. (laughs) (laughs) Cause I mean, we could get into LLCs and and all that stuff, but I feel like that might be a little harder. Um, what would you say if somebody's listening to this? Okay. And they are, maybe they don't have a CPA or maybe they do have one um, and they are um, not, I don't even want to say unhappy, but they're not really sure what's happening. Is there any education out there um, that could help them? Absolutely. So I love giving some education, especially for tax and accounting, because again, my mission I'm thinking is super unfair that they're not putting this simpler for you guys so on my instagram i am at the beauty cpa i have i give a ton of information there okay that anybody that is just like just trying to get started on becoming knowledgeable with the foundations of tax and accounting for their beauty business my instagram at the beauty cpa is definitely one of those places i also have a free facebook group I do not talk about me for the name. It's a terrible name. What is it? (laughs) It's Beautypreneur Finance Institute. That's not that bad. It's so corporate. I hate it. It's so corporate. (laughs) You could drop Institute and you'd be fine. Yeah, I... I <laughs> yeah, you're right. You're so right. Inst- I, institute's the only word. Yeah. No, I like that. I think change I it to like it. mastermind and, and you're I, good. Yeah, I think I would do that. Okay, <laughs> y'all. This is what the name is today. <laughs> if it doesn't work, also try Beautypreneur Finance 
mastermind and that may work too but in that group um you will not only see the same stuff you see on my instagram but i also go live in that group so i'll like do a live on um a topic maybe 30 to 45 minutes like really giving the ins and outs of that topic okay so that's where you can see kind of like my longer more interactive content I'll do it in the group so that folks can get on Zoom with me and ask questions if they have them. I love um, that. But, but yeah, those are my like communities that I have. I mean, other than like connecting with us for like done for you services, but like, again, with that Facebook group and that Instagram, you can go pretty far. Yeah. I'll tell you what, a lot, again, you know, I've said this at the beginning, but watching you talk, I was like, we are working together. You are my spirit person. Because again, it's like, it's very hard to talk about money with people who want to avoid money. Yeah. 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 And it's like, you want to avoid it, but then you got to think what's on the other side of the discomfort. Right. So like, okay, let me woosah and just get through this uncomfortable part. But as soon as you like have that breakthrough, I think, and you see what tool, like massive tool the numbers are. Like the, the accounting and the tax, they are massive tools to building wealth. Like, and I know building wealth is like the buzzword that everybody says, right? <laughs> but like, if we can get just real simple and granular, like, do you want another house? Do you want a newer car? Do you want your um, child to be able to go to college one day and would like them to go without having to take out loans? Would you like to be out of debt? Would you like to, you know, take more time off, retire one day? Yeah. Yeah. Like, I mean, I'm big. I'm huge on vacations. Mm -hmm. Vacations are like my time when I get really zen and centered and I rest like mentally and physically is vacationing. Would you like to vacation? I like to vacation once a quarter. Yeah. I don't know if that's a bit much, but I, I don't think so. I that's goals for me. Like, like once a season, I like to vacation. And so, do you want to do that one day? Would you want to see the world and travel? If we don't want to like think of in terms of like building wealth, just get really specific on what that goal is. That those numbers can lay out a plan to get you to that place. It won't even be like if it will happen. It will be like when it's going to happen. Yeah. Well, and if you're just sitting in the discomfort of it, that's all you're going to get. Whatever you focus on, that's what you get more of. Um, And again, you know, you can end the discomfort by just asking a question or talking to the right people or finding people that you can talk to because there are people out there. I mean, I, I, again, that's why I think I like was so drawn to you is like, oh my God, like you're easy to talk to. You're not scary. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know what? I felt the same way when I first started, um, when I first started going to like beauty professionals. So when I was younger, I struggled with acne as an adult. I actually still do. Right. And so going to a dermatologist or, um, my preferred is an esthetician, um, I was like super nervous thinking I was going to get judged or ridiculed or, you know, just punished for just stuff I didn't know because I didn't know how to take care of my skin. I mean, it's my face. I felt like I should have known how to take care of it. 
But man, the first time I met an esthetician and she like welcomed me, it was so warm and non-judgmental. And she just wanted to like pour into me on how to get this thing under control so that I can start just feeling not only just better skin health, but just better about myself. Cause it took like a real bad um, reflection of like how I felt about myself, self-esteem and stuff like that. Um, I feel like that I want to return that when it comes to beautypreneurs and clients and prospects. It's like, number one, you are not your numbers, right? So I am not going to, I and no one else should be judging you off of numbers, okay? You and numbers are completely separate, all right? Um, two, I'm going to pour into you so that I'm going to give you exactly what you need to know um, in your language. And then we're going to make a plan on how to get those numbers to where they can be. Cause that's the beauty of numbers. They can always change. You can change numbers. Yes. I think people forget that part. Yeah. You yeah. know, I really do. I think that a lot of times, um, even like your cap, right? Like there's like a number everyone wants. Maybe they want to be a six figure stylist. And in their mind, I mean, six figures, you know, that can be a hundred thousand dollars or that can be close to a million. Like that's a very wide range, very wide. Um, and I think a lot of times, like, I know I have even fallen in that where I'm like, well, I'm gonna, I want to make a hundred thousand dollars. And like, in my mind, I made it, that's it. There's no, you know, so I think that we forget that, um, it can be unlimited, but you have to take the first step. You know, you have to start taking, taking the steps to get to first where you want to be, to be able to realize that where you want to be is not the end. Yeah. It's really just the beginning in my opinion. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No, that's not very true. I remember having it. I don't know how six figures became the goal for everything, but, um, I remember that, but you're right. Soon as you, it's like you make a goal as soon as you hit it. It's like the beginning of another phase when you're making this other, <laughs> this other go. So yep. it, like, it, it never stops. It shouldn't stop. We're like humans and always growing and exploring and discovering. And so it shouldn't stop. Um, but just know that accounting and tax is the tool to get you there. Okay. Mm-hmm. It, it, it is. First, it comes with that mindset. You know, that's what Misty is for. I'm not, I'm not, um, I wish I was good like that with like the feelings part. I'm still dealing with my own feelings. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But as soon as like, you know, you work through that mental and the discomfort and you, you're ready to like face your numbers in the face, I'm I'm your girl. Yeah. And I will even say that you don't have to fully work through it before you start. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, confidence is built on accomplishments. I feel like I have said that in every podcast. It's, I, yeah. it might be my new tagline. I don't know. <laughs> um, but the more, again, those clients that I help even call their CPA and ask a question now they're more comfortable calling yeah. and asking more questions, Yeah. you know? So, you know, maybe you need somebody to help you push you to show you what you need to do, but you have to actually do it. Yeah. You know? I like confidence comes from accomplishments. Yes. So like the more you do, it's just going to keep feeding your confidence and it's going to get bigger and bigger. And bigger. Okay. I like that. Yeah. I mean, you figure, think about the first time you did anything you're terrified, yeah. you know, 
It's terrifying. I remember when I first started hair, oh my gosh, a new client would walk in. I did not want them. I would say, no, I would make up an excuse on why I couldn't do it, whatever. Um, because I was scared. And then, you know, the years go and you get more yeah. clients and you start, you'd actually do somebody's hair and they like it. And then, you, you know, you keep doing it. Next thing, you know, that doesn't scare you anymore. I get a new client. I don't even think twice. It's just like second nature. Yeah. So yeah. it's the same thing with numbers, right? Yeah. It's the same thing with calling your CPA. You get nervous calling, yeah. you know, but then you call a second time and you get what you need out of it. And then you call again. And the next thing you know, you're just picking up your phone and annoying the shit out of them. Yeah. <laughs> you, yeah. you know, like, <laughs> but yeah, confidence yeah. is built on accomplishments. That one has been one of my favorite quotes for a long time. Nice. I like it. Well, people think confidence is um, something that they're just born with. Oh yeah. Okay. You know, okay. and, and I think in some aspects that can be true, mm-hmm. but in a lot of aspects, um, I mean, even when you're a baby, you don't know how to walk, you know, yeah. like you become yeah. confident walking. It's like the same thing. Yeah. So, um, what is it? Somebody else told me like, especially with like calls, like coaching calls, 80% of it is done on your own time. And 20% of it is done on the call. It's yeah. because you have to build the confidence on your own. Yeah. No, yeah. very true. No, very true. Yeah, I wasn't born with confidence. You're right. I had to just continually, you know, flex to be able to to get where I need to be. But then, you know, and I think it's never ending. I was gonna say different. There's gonna you're gonna have confidence in one area, no confidence in another. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah. I totally agree. Yeah. And it changes. Yeah. I mean, for us, was that your first time speaking at that event? Like mine, that was my first time speaking. No, no, no. Okay. So let me tell you, can I (laughs) share something? Can I? Yeah, of course. I get more nervous talking to someone one-on-one like this versus being in front of hundreds of people. Why is that? You think? I I think because it's more intimate, Mm. way more intimate when it's in small group or one-on-one versus I've been on stages with hundreds of people Mm. and when I look out there into the audience I just see I don't feel I don't see an individual face I just see a sea of people and I'm just talking you know but one-on-one and like I can literally see their eyeballs on me (laughs) it's like I can see you which is uncomfortable yes it's, Mm. it's way more yeah, yeah, that is interesting. I am complete opposite. I can one-on-one all day long. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know what it is for me, I think, is is I know with one-on-one, you came knowing we were going to talk about this, right? Or if I'm on a coaching call, they came knowing we were going to talk about money. Like, I feel like the person there is prepared for the conversation, which makes me feel better. Where when I'm in a group, especially like that particular event where somebody bought a ticket to see a bunch of people, maybe they don't want to hear what I have to say. And that, then I get in my own head about it. And I think okay, okay. that's my problem, which I'm getting better about. Oh no, you did phenomenal. I couldn't tell that was your first time. It looked like you had done that a million times before up there. No, I mean, I've done classes before. Um, I do classes all the time, but in classes I sit down It's like a subconscious thing for me where I want to be eye level with everybody. I don't want to be above everyone. It's like, I don't know why I just, to me, it's a more trusting like thing. Um, So that was my first time standing in a room. Um, That was the most people, I think, because I've done 25 people classes, but that was, I think 
40 or 38 or something like that. Um, and holding a microphone and a clicker. Oh yeah. So it was a whole like thing, (laughs) but I'll tell you what, I saw those pictures. I got those pictures back. I was like, I showed my husband, I was like, look how professional I am. (laughs) (laughs) That was funny. No, no, no. I agree. It it did require a lot of coordination. I am not coordinated at all. (laughs) I did have some clicker slips, which I knew I would, but it was such a great group. Like, yeah, it it was. Yeah, Yeah. it was a great, great group. Um, If you're listening, we're talking about the Independent Beauty Pros event. So if you're anywhere and you see that um, somewhere near you, or you want to fly to it, highly, highly recommend it. It was an awesome, awesome event. Um, you get to meet people like Kanisha and people like me. Um, if you want to meet me, I don't know, <laughs> um, and connect in, in just a whole different kind of way. But, um, but yeah, yeah. So, I mean, but that's the confidence, right? Like the, I mean, even these calls, even the, this podcast, um, I'm coming up, I think this episode is going to be number 99 when it comes out. I'm almost on my hundredth episode. I was terrified getting on these calls with people, especially people I've never met before. Um, and now it, I'm good. I'm like, let's chat all day. Yeah, that's super. Yeah. You're natural. You're natural. I, I like, like conversations. Yeah. It's my superpower is what I like to say. Um, but yeah. Um, okay. So tell the people and I can put all the links in the show notes as well. So they can easily click where they can find, um, more information on you, the beauty CPA on Instagram, where else, is there any links for any freebies or anything like that? Absolutely. So I, my website is thebeautycpa.com. Okay. On there, I do have a book a call button where if you want your free tax and accounting strategy session, you can click that button. There's a really, really short questionnaire just so we can get to know more about you and prep for the call. And then you pick a day and time that's good for you, 30 minutes, so I can learn about you, your business, and see how we can solve your problems, if any, for you, okay? Um, And in addition to that, our freebies are housed there as well, okay? Perfect. You can find all of our social media links, send us a message, book a call, all through the website, thebeautycpa.com. I also do have some of my freebies in my bio on Instagram at thebeautycpa as well. Perfect. And yes, again, um, for easy access, you can look at the link in the bio and it will all be clickable there. Um, I'm excited because I want to work with you all the time. So um, just saying, if you are um, ever in one of my group coaching programs, I'm going to um, entice her to be in all of them. So (laughs) at least I'm going to try. (laughs) All right. So I have one last question for you. Okay. And this is a question that I'm starting to ask everyone as I shift into a a new thing that I'm not... um, (laughs) not announcing just yet, but, uh, my question is what does being a cash confident stylist mean to you? Oh, cash confident stylist. Okay. I'm going to be real nerdy with this one. Okay. Go for a it. Cash confident stylist to me means not just Look at having these numbers for the sake of it. You've mm-hmm. got to use that data to make decisions to improve your personal life and your business. If you're just doing bookkeeping, 
for the sake of it, tis tis shame on you. I love it. You information is gold. Yes. And that's what the numbers are. Love it. Perfect. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I love you to death. Um, and you're welcome back anytime. Thank you. Once again, thank you so much for listening to Backroom Beauty Talks. If you like what you hear, screenshot this episode, post it on the gram, tag me at Misty Jane or tag the podcast at Backroom Beauty Talks. And I will talk with you on the next one.